welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Let's turn to Proverbs 4, and we're going to read a few verses here in just a minute. But Lord, we're asking that you would open our ears and open our eyes tonight. Not just our physical ears and eyes, Lord, our spiritual ears and eyes. Show us things we need to know right now. Father, prepare us for the upcoming days. Help people get through what they're going through. You know the exact words from heaven that we need to hear today. And we're asking that those words would come forth clearly and confidently and boldly tonight. And we declare we will be changed by your word. Our lives will never be the same. Your medicine, your word is going to go into us tonight and it's going to fix things. It's going to help us supernaturally. And healing and deliverance and strength and encouragement is going to rise on the inside of us. Lord, we're asking by your word tonight and by the Holy Spirit teaching us, answer questions that people have been having. Bring forth solutions to problems. Prepare us for the next steps of our life and our ministries and our journey in this earth. Thank you for doing it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All right, church. Proverbs chapter 4. We're talking about everybody can be healed. I didn't say everybody will be because not everybody's going to run to the Lord to find out what to do to be healed, but everybody can. And we've been going through scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture showing that everybody can be healed. But pastor, I know someone, a really good person who wasn't healed. Well, that didn't mean they couldn't have, couldn't have been healed. It just may mean they didn't know what the Lord said about our part in healing. Do you realize that most of the healings in Jesus' ministry that we have in-depth description of, most of the people that were healed in Jesus' ministry, he gave the person's person's faith the credit for them receiving healing. Most of the, there's like 20 of them in the New Testament, other than the multitudes that they don't go into detail about. And uh, I like, I think 15 or 16 out of those 20 Jesus gave credit to the person's faith as to why they were healed. He could have said a thousand things. He could have have said, I healed you. He could have said, the power of God healed you. Most of the people in in the New Testament, he said, your faith made you whole. As you have believed, so be it unto you. Your faith saved you. What does that show us? It shows us that there is something on our end that we need to be aware of, and it's called faith. And so I want you to notice in Proverbs chapter 4, in verse 20 through 22, keep in mind, everybody can be healed. Even if the doctor says there's no cure, that's not Jesus saying there's no cure. Look in verse 20. My son or my daughter, he's talking about children of God here. Pay attention to my words. What are we doing right now? Praise God, we're here on a Wednesday night paying attention to his words. All right, so we're doing a part of this. He said, my son or my daughter, pay attention to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them, my words, not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they, my words, are life unto those that find them. And my words are health to all 
their flesh. Well, I know the Lord heals broken hearts, and he also heals all your flesh. Right? Right? Come on, think about this. If we attend to God's word, incline our ear unto his sayings. No, we take it serious. If if you're going to do these two verses properly, you're probably going to have to turn off some stuff for a while. And if you're battling something, if, if you need healing, you need to dive into the word. You need to dive in because right here it says you, if you, you can get enough word in you to where that word overrides the sickness. Yeah. I'm going to talk a little bit tonight about why a lot of people don't do that even though they know these scriptures. We're going to get a little deep tonight. Why don't people do these two verses when they're struggling with a disease? Especially if something's life-threatening. I, I don't understand why people don't dive into the word especially if they're struggling with something really serious, when this scripture right here says, it would be health to all your flesh if you get into the word properly. Okay, so put that scripture back up there. Verse 22. It says that his words are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Now we mentioned this a couple weeks ago. This is translated from Hebrew manuscripts. The original Hebrew manuscripts. All right? And... The word health, pronounced in the Hebrew, is marpe. We get our word medicine from it. So, the, so you could read it like this. God's words are medicine to all our flesh when we take it according to directions. What are the directions? My son, my daughter, attend to my words. What does that mean? That means somebody may ask you, hey, you want to go see a movie? And you go, you know, I'd really like to, but I got something I got to attend to right now. There's something I'm, I'm, I'm needing from the Lord and I need to attend to something. Somebody says, hey, you want to, go to, want to go to the coffee shop and drink some coffee? Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to, but I have something I need to attend to right now. See, we have to respect God's word enough to where we may have to put other things on hold for a while. I mean, come on. I mean, he's, he's promising us health here. Right? There's people that spend 10 times the amount of time in a doctor's office than they do in the word. Well, God's a great physician. He may want a little bit of your... Now, why does he want your time? To build your faith, to help you to understand the truths of the word, to strip off doubt and fear, and to get in faith so you can receive your healing, your miracle that you need or, or someone you love needs. So here's, here's the question. Okay, I just said the, the title of this series, we're on our fifth week, is everybody, every sick person on this planet can be healed. How do we know that? Because every sick person on this planet can do those verses I just read. Now, will they choose to? I don't know. I don't know. But they could. See, here's where we're getting the title. Everybody can be healed because this is written to everybody. What's written to everybody? My son, my daughter, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Don't let my words depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health or medicine to all their flesh. Can everybody be healed? Come on, I want you to be able to answer these questions so you can tell people after this service that I'll never meet what's up here. Can everybody be healed? Because if you right now told people in your orbit of life, on the break, on the job, or at the grocery store, or wherever, coffee shop, if if you told them right now, hey man, everybody can be healed, they're going to go, you're crazy. 
Well, if we're crazy, then God's crazy. Solomon's crazy. So how would you answer that? What do you mean everybody can be healed? What do you mean? Well, that's, you know, don't just say, well, that's what my pastor teaches on Wednesday night. No, put that off on me. I didn't write this. I'm just quoting what God already said. What do you mean everybody can be healed? Well, take them to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22, and say, who's this for? Who's this written to? Who's the Bible for? Who is it for? Everybody who will read it and do it. Anybody who wants it. Well, if, if everybody couldn't be healed, then these verses are not for everybody. Did you notice he said, health to all your flesh? What does that mean? It means your little toe on the left foot. And it means your heart, liver, pancreas, thyroid, kidneys, glands, blood, bones, nerves, arteries. What is all your flesh? What does that leave out? Now, who said this? I'm preaching it, but I didn't write it. I want everybody to know, every sick person to know, you can be healed. This is one of the best places to start. Dive into the Word. You may have to turn off your programs for a while. Dive into the Word. You can be healed. But pastor, I did that for one day. Don't give up! Man, you give medicine in the natural. More of a chance than that. They will take this for 10 days. Why don't you take the Word for 10 days? And we're not against medicine in the natural. Don't you get me wrong, man. There's some medicine in the natural that's awesome and amazing. God gave man knowledge. It's wonderful. And I'll tell you this. A lot of people are at the level of faith where they can truly believe if I take this medicine, I believe God's going to work through it and I'm going to get through this thing quick and the medicine's going to work great and I'm not going to have any side effects. That's where a lot of people really are in their faith. A lot of people want to be at the level of faith where they can believe for an immediate miracle. I'm going to pray and everything's going to be great. I throw away my insulin. I throw, I throw off my glasses. I stomp on my glasses. I'm going to see perfect. You may want to be there, but are you really there? Because if you're not really there, it could be very dangerous if it's insulin and it could be very expensive if it's a new pair of glasses. Right? And if you're not there... Don't pretend to be there because God can't work with pretend. He only works with truth and honesty. You know, I said this and I need to explain it a little bit more. Everybody, the Bible says God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And he's writing to Christians there. So let's just talk about believers for a second. God has dealt to every Christian man and Christian woman the measure of faith. Okay? So everybody, every believer has faith to be healed. Now, having something and using something is two different things. But every believer has faith to be healed. But not every believer has developed in faith to where they can believe for an immediate healing. They can believe for healing by degree as they take the medicine, as they do the exercise, as they change their diet, as they you know, command the disease to depart from their body. And, and, and by degree, they can walk out of disease. Now, it may not be as glamorous and as cool as an immediate miracle, but it beats dying. It beats something running its course for three months or the rest of your life. I mean, let's face it, it might take a little longer to drive a car to Denver than a jet. But if you don't have jet faith, 
Don't play around. Get in the car and get there. You'll still get there. And if you don't have a car, get a bike. Do something to head towards your healing because you, you have faith to some level. Just operate where you're really at. What do you mean where I'm really at? What are you fully persuaded will happen if you do certain things? Some people say, well, if I take this medicine faithfully and if I quit doing that, eating that junk and if I drink this water and go for this walk, I believe in a few days and a few weeks, I'm going to start feeling better. What's going on? Your faith is working. And isn't that cool? Because maybe next year you won't have to. You can maybe go a little different direction next year because you're growing in faith. Well, this is important stuff because a lot of people are not going to believe God until they think they have faith to believe for an immediate miracle. Head to Denver now. Just, just start moving. You, you'll get closer and closer. And God will help you get there. Denver is like healing. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. So, everybody can be healed. Why? Because everybody can do those two scriptures. My son, attend to my words. Everybody can dive in the word. Therefore, everybody can be healed. Because he said it would be health to all your flesh. And if you don't quit, everybody say don't quit. Pastor, I've been in the Word for two days. Toughen up now. This is a war zone. We're not in heaven yet. This is a fallen world. You may have to be in the Word for a couple weeks. I know personally, I have mixed this that we just read with believing God would work through some medicine. That was prescribed. I don't like taking medicine, but, but if I have to, I have to. And I'm just going to ask God to touch that antibiotic. I ask God, touch that pill. Come on, Lord, put your, put your blessing on this. Pop. And then through that, and through doing this, and believing God, and rebuking the disease, I came out. Yeah. It's nice to come out. It's nice to be healed. It's nice to be free. Yeah. Something that was going to last two weeks only lasted two days. Huh? So, you got to be honest. Now, turn with me in your Bible to another scripture. Uh, let me turn my page here so I can see which one it is. Come on, paper. Turn with me to First um, John chapter 3. Um, so let me, let me make this really clear. Everybody can be healed, but not everybody wants to attend to God's word until healing overrides disease. Well, if somebody chooses not to attend to God's word and attend to all these other things, and they don't get healed, is them not being healed a sign that God didn't want them healed? Or is it a sign they didn't do what the Lord said do to get the healing? Huh? So God's will is revealed in the Word because this is the Old Testament, New Testament, or we could say will, new will, old will. All right. So we have to watch out about saying, well, we'll pray. And if they're healed, great. If they're not, well, God's will be done. 
Uh, no, no. That, that's a cop out for not knowing what the Bible says. Find out what his will is. It's not mysterious. By his stripes, ye were healed. Whoever attends to his word, inclines their ear into his sayings, etc., they'll find health to all their flesh if they don't quit. Right? What's his will? Well, his will must be healing, or why tell us how to get healed? Okay, now I'm going to tell you all how to get healed, but it might not be my will that you're healed. What's that called? That's called schizo, and God ain't schizo. And if somebody is schizo, we can pray and you can be delivered from that. Amen. Schizophrenia is not an incurable disease. But he wouldn't tell us how to get healed, all our flesh, and then say, it's not my will that you be healed. Well, you're too late, God. You just told me how to do it, so I'm going to do it anyway, whether you want me to or not. It's his will that you're healed because he tells you how to get healed. This is one out of a multitude of scriptures in the Bible that tells us it's his will that all people be healed and ways to be healed. Oh. Can I tell you one really good way to be healed? Just rebuke the dumb disease and said, I refuse to accept this. Use your authority that the Lord's already given you. Use the name above every name that he's already given you in the name of Jesus' disease. Stop! You will get no worse. And you'll begin to back off from this moment. Get out. It may leave immediately. It may leave by degree, but it has to go. And it has a lot to do with our level of faith when we speak. So um, I want to say this. God has a path for you to take that will lead you smack dab in the middle of your healing. Your path may be a little different than somebody else's path because you're a different level of faith than somebody else. But God has a path for you to take that will lead you smack dab in the middle of the healing you desire. So what does that mean? Well, that means that you're probably going to have to do some praying yourself, look to God for yourself, and not just rely on somebody else to pray for you so you can right. keep watching TV. Right. Right. <laughs> Are you listening to me? God, ha- I want to say it again, God has a path for every sick person to take that will lead them right into their healing. And a lot of it is what we just read. He's going to lead you to dive into the Word. If you can, and you have the Word, He's going to lead you to dive into the Word. A while back, I was, I was struggling with something, and a sickness had attacked me. And, and I knew, because I've been studying these things for 30-some plus years, and you know, I, I do the things I'm teaching to you. Why would I teach them to you? And me not do them. It's like, it's like, if I get in trouble, you know what I hear from the Lord? Son, go listen to your own sermon. If it works for them, it works for you. So I was, I was struggling with this thing that hit me, and I dove into the Word, and I knew enough to put my antenna up as I'm in the Word to see if there's any specific things the Holy Spirit knew would be the best for me in the Word. Because it's the 66 books. We're talking about you know, a big book here. It's actually 66 books in one, Old Testament, New Testament. And so I'm in the Word. I'm, I'm listening to healing scriptures at night. I'm waking up listening to healing scriptures. I've got praise music going. I listen to Brother Hagen quote healing scriptures. I'm, I'm listening to teachings by Keith Moore and Faith School and, and um, turning off the TV. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of diving in the Word, I heard the Spirit of God say something. And I didn't hear it audibly. I just knew in my heart. This is what I heard. Read the book that I'd already read more than once. Read the book in your library the Name of Jesus by Kenneth E. Hagan. 
And I had time to read it because I wasn't feeling well to go anywhere. So I just sat there and I read the entire book in about a week, underlined all kinds of things, fighting for revelation because when your mind's under attack and your body's under attack, sometimes it's hard to concentrate. But you just have to talk to your brain. You have to claim I have a sound mind. You've got to rebuke depression. You've got to resist disease. So you've got a sword here and a sword here and you're reading at the same time. And <clears throat> but I was relaxing on a pillow at the same time. But he said, go read the name of Jesus book. And I thought, that's it, isn't it, Lord? I'd remembered a scripture where Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Not whatever you ask, I will do it. Whatever you ask in my name, Jesus said, I'll do it. And so I knew I had been asking and saying some things in the name of Jesus and wasn't seeing quite the results the Lord said I, sp I could see. So I knew I needed to dig into this subject that I already read about. I needed to go deeper. It needed to get deeper in me. Yeah, my brain knew it. Yeah, I could quote certain things Kenneth Hagin said. But I needed these words deep in my spirit. So when I actually spoke in a real battle, I had more faith connected to that name. As opposed to, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And so I started reading that book. And it's been a few, you know, quite a while since then. And we've been teaching this on Arise Shine on Monday mornings about the powerful name of Jesus. Guys, I, I just felt like the Holy Ghost said, Son, turn to that scripture in John chapter 14, verse 14. Jesus said, If you ask anything in my name, or if you speak to anything in my name, I'll perform what you're saying. Disease, depart. Jesus said, I'll make it depart. Body, get better. I'll make it get better. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I got to thinking, there's nothing, there's no problem on this planet that one verse of Scripture can't fix. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. One person who did a deep study into the Greek, because New Testament is translated from Greek manuscripts, he studied, he dug into that verse, John 14, 14, where it says, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. He said, this is what it really means if you study it out in the Greek. Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, and it's not in existence, I'll create it for you. Remember your creator in the days of your youth, right? Yeah. He's a creator. And if you need something and it hasn't been created yet, the Lord said, I'll create it for you. Wow. In his name. And so I was, I was in the word, seeking God, praising the Lord, taking, taking some medicine, praying over the medicine, praying over my water, praying over my food. Anything that goes in this body, I pray over it. Yeah. <laughs> Anything. I, even if it's just, Lord, thank you for blessing this. You ask Carla, I, I do it with snacks. If it's going in my body, I'm, I'm saying what the word says about it. It's blessed. I bless it. It'll do nothing but good for my body. And so in the process of that, the Lord said, read, the, read that book, The Name of Jesus. So I did. And so that helped me too. And it's so great to be free. I mean, God has a path. That if you'll listen to him, if you'll dive in his word, keep your antenna up, listen for specific directions from the Holy Spirit, you will find yourself entering into your healing with tears of joy. I felt prompted to the Lord. I, I, I shouldn't say felt. I was prompted to the Lord to listen to some worship songs. And man, you talk about weeping and getting free and just like songs mean a little bit more to you when you're going through something. Sermons do, too. And I knew I needed to listen to sermons. I knew I did. And so I did that. And I, I'm just here to tell you, it's, it's so wonderful to see that unfold and to see the healing you need in your life. And, and actually, there's some things in my life that are even better now than before. It's kind of like God says, I'm not just going to heal you. I'm going to do some things for you you didn't need. 
or fix some things that you weren't believing for healing for. It's just like, God, you're more than enough. It's wonderful. I'm serious. There's some things about my body that are better now than before I was attacked. It's wonderful. So God has a path for you to take that will lead you right into your healing. So what should you do? Dive in the word. Keep your antenna up to see what the Spirit of God says specifically. What, what part of the Word? Uh, maybe books by teachers, sermons, and just do what the Lord says. Nobody has to stay sick after what Jesus has done and after the instruction He's given us in the Word. Now, will, will some people be sick? Will some people not be healed? Will some people leave the earth early? Yeah, but they didn't have to. And it doesn't mean they were bad either. Good people perish all the time. The Bible didn't say my people are destroyed for lack of being good. The Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. I mean, there's a lot of Christians that don't know it, but they have all the power of heaven in their disposal in the name of Jesus, and they're still begging God to do things for them and seeing very little results. We're not beggars, we're believers. And we do have power, whether you realize it or not. But if you don't realize it, you won't use it. If you don't use it, you won't see the benefits of it. So that's why you need to go to the church. Go to a church that's talking about the full gospel, talking about your authority in Christ, the power in the name of Jesus. Yes, you can rebuke the devil. Yes, you can resist disease. Yes, you can take authority over these things. You're not only human, you're a child of God made in the image and likeness of God. And you have power and somebody needs to tell you that. Mm. So, question... Why do people not attend to God's word properly when they need healing? I mean, you think everybody would like, whoa, the, the medicine that fixes everything. Glory to God. Why do people just kind of hear that and go, okay, all right, my son, attend to my words. Incline thy ear into my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for their life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. Yes, amen. Glory to God. Woo-hoo-hoo. Why don't they do it, though, when sickness attacks? Especially if it's something serious. Now, I understand a little headache. It's real easy to pop a Tylenol. But how about pop a Tylenol in faith saying, Lord, would you work through this Tylenol and make it work better than... Use your faith. Don't just let medicine cause you to be weak in faith. Use your faith with the medicine if you're going to take medicine. I think there's a time you could get to the point where you don't even need medicine anymore as you keep growing in faith. Why do people not do this? And you know what I'm talking about when I say this? Why do people not do Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22, when sickness attacks, especially something serious? Why, don't, why, why, why is the TV still on 24-7 <laughs> on secular TV? Why do they lay in their hospital room with secular TV on when they're fighting a deadly disease? And they know these scriptures. They know Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 22. They know it. You know, um, I'm going to tell you a couple th reasons why. And, and this is a little heavy, a little deep, and I'll try not to get too heavy on you. Um, but I think one of the reasons people don't do this, you know what I mean when I say this? My son, attend to my words, incline your ear into my sayings, let them not depart from your eyes, keep them... In other words, dive in the word of God. Is because they really don't understand it. Now, I don't think they don't understand it because they're not hearing it preached. 
I think sometimes there's for invisible forces that have to be discerned and those powers need to be broken so that people can get the revelation of it. The enemy does not want you understanding these two verses we just read. He's doing everything in his power to get you not to see it. He's trying everything in his power to hold you in a state of mind that it's just not making sense. I just don't feel like that's my answer. I just don't know, Pastor, if that's it. That's just really not me. I'm not a preacher or whatever. Hey, sicknesses tax everybody, not just preachers, right? I mean, you, you need to know how to do these things, whether you ever preach or not. And so I was thinking about this, and I think sometimes we just have to say, Satan, leave my perception alone. Now, E.W. Kenyon, he wrote a book called The Wonderful Name of Jesus. He's in heaven now, too. Lived a great life, left without disease when he was old and just, just left. And he said in his book, The Wonderful Name of Jesus, he talked about personal experience with people who had a hard time accepting Jesus as their Savior. They would come up to him and say, Brother Kenyon, I know he wouldn't say brother because they weren't saved. He'd say, uh, Mr. Kenyon, um, I just, I know I need to get saved. I know that Jesus is amazing. I just can't seem to do it. I, I just can't seem to do it. And it troubled him. And I know as a pastor, it troubles me at times to see people that are just not getting it, some of them. They're, they're just not seeing it. They're just... Whether it's salvation, whether it's deliverance from habits, whether it's healing for the body, it's, it's almost frustrating at times to say, why aren't they getting this? Why don't they run to the Word? Ding! It's frustrating because you want to help people, but you can't make them do anything. And you wonder why? Why, why. why aren't you putting down the comic books? Get in the Word. Why aren't you putting down the video games? At least for a time, get in the Word. Why aren't they seeing it? Well, I think we need to uncover one of the reasons, and that is demons. Demons have people in a mental hold, some of them. And, and unless they rise up and take authority over it, somebody else is going to have to discern it and take authority over it. Because Brother E.W. Kenyon said, when he, he said he just slightly laid his hands on that man's shoulder and said, I just command these evil spirits that's holding this man in a, in a zone of thinking he can't be saved, be broken in Jesus' name. Immediately the guy said, I want to get saved. Pray the sinner's prayer and was gloriously born again. Because that block was gone. That, that holding was gone. He said, it happened all kinds of times with people it, with blindness, he said, with people struggling with lust and liquor and all this other stuff. He said, they couldn't get free until authority was exercised over an invisible power that was lying to them and holding them in a pattern that they didn't know how to get free from. Did you know... The, the more you know the word, the less you need somebody to set you free. You realize you can do it yourself. But we're all growing. Nothing wrong with going to other people. That's fine. That's why there's ministers and pastors and counselors. Praise God. But you know a lot of people who are set free by a minister from, let's say, evil spirits or whatever, they could have set themselves free if they just knew the word. I said they could have set themselves free if they just knew their authority in Christ. They could have dealt with those demons. Are you following me? I know this is, this is kind of a drastic case, but Kenneth Hagin talks about in his book, The Triumphant Church, on 
how to deal with these things and how to, how to minister to the oppressed and how to deal with demons and spirits, demon spirits and all. He said a man came to him, a Christian man, part of a church, came to him and said, Brother Hagen, I got a problem. Um, he said, I've been molesting little children. This is back in the day where preachers didn't have to report everything because they, you know, the, the state didn't require it because it was a confidential thing. And the, and the man said, I've been molesting little children. And he said, it's, it's getting really serious. I have a, think I'm going to do one of them harm pretty soon if I don't get delivered from this uncontrollable urge to molest little children. He actually, I think he said, I think I'm, a, I'm afraid I might kill one of them. And Brother Hagin's just sitting there in his office looking at him, trying to sense the situation. Now, he knew there was demon activity involved. And he found out that this man worked for the law enforcement and he was constantly studying the sexual criminal. He was constantly in these books studying because he wanted to help people, you know, wanted to arrest people that needed to be arrested. And he kept studying all He got studying so much that a spirit got a hold of him. I mean, you can study things that you shouldn't study. Amen. It's like, oh, I think I'll study all those satanic books so I can minister to those that are involved in Satanism. You better not. Study the Bible. That's all you need because that's where your authority and power comes from. Not that you can outwit somebody or I know about this and I know. Study the Word of God. Leave those other books alone. Well, Brother Hagin sitting here talking to this guy, Christian man, accepted Jesus. He's talking to him and he told the man, he says, the Lord just revealed to me that there's three evil spirits that are a part of your life. He wasn't possessed in his spirit, but these three spirits were in his soul, I think what it was, just on his life. That doesn't mean you're possessed. It's just there was three spirits following him around and harassing him, and he was yielding to him. And Brother Hagin said, I see him. The one is an unclean spirit, one's a lying spirit, and another one was something. I don't know what the other one was, but he said, he said, I can right now cast those spirits off of you in the name of Jesus. But he said, I'm not going to do it unless you promise me three things. Number one, you go home and destroy those books and never read them again on the sexual criminal. Just destroy them. See, he was retired, but he kept kind of was still interested in the subject. He destroyed. So he said, you go home and destroy those books. Number two, you go to your church and you get involved and you get really involved. You hook up with your local church and serve there. And number three, he said, you need to read your Bible and pray every day. I think he said, be filled with the Spirit, pray in tongues every day, or I'm not going to set you free from these spirits. Because, see, the Bible says, if we set somebody free and they don't get filled, it says the last state will be worse than the first because the world will come back, the evil spirits will come back, with more spirits more wicked than himself. The last state of that man is worse than the first. The Bible talks about going back into the pollutions of the world like a dog returning to his vomit. So you better, be, before you set somebody free like that, you need to get a commitment out of them. Go burn the books, get in the Word, and pray, pray in the Spirit every day, and get hooked up with your local church. Change your life and go this direction, and I'll set you free, because I don't want these things coming back with more spirits wicked than themselves. So he said, Brother Hagin, I promise you I'll do it. And this man was married. His wife just about divorced him, obviously. I don't know why she didn't, but mercy can fix things that our brains can't comprehend, I guess. Not I guess I know. And so he said, 
He, he called those three spirits by name and said, come off of this man in the name of Jesus. He said, he saw him go right out the window. And the man was free. And he went home and did what Brother Hagin said. Brother Hagin saw him many years later, many years later, completely free, happily married to the same wife, serving in the church, strong Christians in the church, totally delivered. Now that sounds wild, doesn't it? And we think, wait a minute, prison, ex electric chair, whatever, right? I mean, well, his mercy does reach to the lowest hell, the Bible says. It's amazing what mercy, mercy has turned murderers into King David's. Murderers into Moses's. Harlots into faith woman. Right? I mean, the mercy of God is amazing. And I said all that to say this. Kenneth Hagin said in his book, The Triumphant Church, about that situation I just spoke to you of. He said, this man who had these three evil spirits that he opened the door to by reading stuff he shouldn't have read over and over and over and over again. He said, this man could have rose up against these spirits himself and resisted them from his life. And he, could have, he said he could have got free himself if he'd been in the word learning the things that, you know, Brother Hagin was teaching about authority of the believer, things we're teaching tonight. I thought that was interesting. He said, this man did not need me to do that. Now, I needed to do it now because he, we, we couldn't say, hey, man, come to these classes for three months and maybe you'll stop molesting little children. This had to be taken care of right now. But if this man knew his authority in Christ, Brother Hagin said he could have set himself free from those evil spirits. Well, let's just finish with this tonight. Turn to Luke. I know I to told you to go to 1 John, but go to Luke chapter 10. Went a little different direction than my notes tonight, but that's good. We don't have to stick to the notes if the Lord's flown a different direction. Um, we know that everybody can be healed because we know that everybody can practice Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22. Anybody can dive in the Word and see healing begin to override disease. Another reason we know that everybody can be healed, listen very closely, is because everybody can be saved and inherit authority over all sickness and disease. I'm going to say it again. Everybody can be healed because everybody can get saved and inherit the name of Jesus and have all authority over all disease. See, a lot of times healing you know, the Lord meets us where we're at, but a lot of times healing shows up when we exercise authority over disease and command it to go. Jesus said, the Bible says, believers, resist the devil and he will flee from you. You can't get God to do that for you. You is the understood subject. Resist the devil, and that would mean anything of the devil. Well, I ask myself this question, where does sickness and disease come from? Well, it did not come on the scene till after Satan and sin came on the scene. Right? Remember Genesis chapter 2? It says, Behold, God, all these things God made. And he stepped back and go, everything was good. It was very good. In the evening and the morning were the sixth day. 
right? He said, oh, everything he made was really good. No sickness, no pain, no disease, no physical death. I mean, that's the last enemy that shall be destroyed, the Bible says. There's coming a day. There'll be no more death. We don't know a world like that. Nothing dies. Everything lives forever. Well, no sickness or disease until Satan comes on the scene through Adam opening the door to disobedience and sin. But you know what's also interesting? The Bible says in the last book of the Bible, everything that hurts, everything that steals, everything that kills, sickness, disease, pain, crying, tears, all of that is completely gone from human contact right after the devil is eliminated from human contact. Huh. Disease came in with him. Disease goes out with him. Must be of him. Doesn't mean there's an evil spirit present every time somebody gets a cold. We're not saying that. Some sickness is actual uh, the presence of an evil spirit. The woman in the book of Luke had a spirit of infirmity. Right? And the, the boy who had that epileptic fit, that one right there was uh, a spirit. And that doesn't mean all epilepsy is a, is a presence of an evil spirit. But even if it was, so what? We have authority over disease. We have authority over evil spirits. And if we'll start operating with more sensitivity to the Holy Ghost, we'll discern these things and take care of business. But the Bible says to us as Christians, give no place to the devil. What does that mean? That means he's trying to get place in our life, our bodies, our minds, our finances, our family. Our, he's trying to get place. But here's the cool thing. We're told to give him no place. What does that mean? That means if he has place, he's not so big and bad. We just gave it to him. Yes. Through ignorance is the number one reason people give place to the devil. That would mean in your body. You know, there's two reasons, two main reasons Christians have bondages in their life. Can I tell you what they are real quick? And then we'll close here. Two, two main reasons why Christians have bondages in their life. Number one, they're accepting the bondage. They didn't know they could say no. Oh, come on, do you remember when Jesus said, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. One translation, the message translation says, whatever you say no to on earth, there's a no in heaven behind you. Whatever you say yes to on earth, there's a yes in heaven. You know what that means? That means this. Why is God allowing so much? And I'll tell you why. Because people are allowing so much. It has nothing to do with His will. He gave you and I free will. He gave this planet to us. He stays out of our business unless we want Him involved. He's not like the devil. He's not going to lease us a house and then just walk in anytime He wants. He's very respectful. People need to realize you can say no to some stuff. One of the greatest things you can do when disease comes against you, the first thing you can do is just say, No! In Jesus' name, no. What are you saying? Are you talking to a disease? You bet I'm talking to a disease. I'm not going to pretend it's not there. It's a disease and it can hear me. Jesus rebuked a fever in Peter's mother-in-law. Great fever. Delirious, actually. Luke, the physician, talks about. He rebuked the great fever. Jesus rebuked a fever. And you know what? The fever obeyed him and left her. Can fe fevers here? Can tumors hear? Yes. Say, Pastor, that's crazy. No, it's the Bible. That's right. Devil wants you to think it's crazy so you don't resist him when he attacks you. 
Yeah, but that's not what everybody believes. I, I, everybody else believes something different. Yeah, and everybody else is not doing too well either. How many of them are walking in the victory and the miracle, the miracles and the healings and the deliverances? Are they still struggling? Yeah, don't look, don't look to the majority to see how to get healed. Look to the word and probably will be the minority. So let's read this scripture and we'll close. What time is it? 8, 11? No, what is it? 8, 12? Okay, we got to close. So Luke 10, 19. Oh, I said there was two things. Number one, um, Christians have bondages in their life because they accept them. They don't, didn't know they could say no in Jesus' name. Number two, they have bondages in their life because they have room for them. They're not filled with the Spirit. They're empty. They, they've got room for it. Depression comes, finds place because there's room for it. What if you're filled with the Holy Spirit like the Bible says? What if you're filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, one cool thing is there's a no vacancy sign around your neck and those things have to go somewhere else to find somebody to inflict. Depression, fear. So Luke 10, 19, are you ready? Are you a follower of Jesus? Anybody a disciple of the Lord, a child of God? This is written to you then. Jesus said, check this out. Behold, right? I give you, my followers, power. But if you don't know you have it, I'm not going to do you any good. I give you power to tread or take authority over serpents and scorpions, which is figurative for demon powers, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you, believer. How do we know all people can be healed? Because everybody can be saved and inherit this power. Because as soon as you're a believer, all this power is yours. It's all invested in the name of Jesus. And through faith in the name of Jesus, you can resist these things. You can tread on these things. You can take authority over these things. And you can get to the point where none of these things by any means can hurt you. Well, that would include disease. That would include sickness. You can speak to disease, child of God, and say no. I take authority. I take power over you. You will not run your course in my body. You get out. And if you're at the level where you're taking medicine, right after you've done that, go ahead and deal with the symptoms and say, Lord, I'm going to take this pill because I'm growing in faith here. I'm believing that my rebuke worked at the root. And now I'm believing this medicine is going to work better than ever to deal with the symptoms. And you will walk out of your bondage into total deliverance. Everybody can be healed because everybody can have this power. Everybody can learn how to use this power. Everybody can learn that they have it and they can use it. They can learn what those words mean. What do you mean tread on serpents and scorpions? Keep coming to church, you'll find out. We've been teaching these things for 35 years. It's important, guys. Everything we need is in the Word of God. And then next week, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about why some people still read scriptures like that, but they still don't study about the power. They still don't study about the name of Jesus. They and I know we talked a little bit about being some, maybe some demon opposition, but there's another reason that I think Christians are not doing these things when they see the answer. And I think one of them is, you know, there's just some people that they just don't want to live. They just don't want to fight. And I think it's because they don't realize there's a greater purpose on their life than just what's happening in the natural. I don't know if natural purpose is strong enough to cause some people's faith to rise up and knock disease out of their life. We're here for a lot higher reason than just this natural 
Oh, I got a family and I got to, you know, go on a vacation and I want to buy this house and I want to do this career. Sometimes that's not strong enough reason to kick the disease out of your life. We are here for a heavenly purpose, to do kingdom business, to help people escape a real hell and go to a real heaven. We all have a part in the church. That is our mission. We're here for a very serious reason. And when you don't know that, it's like the sword just kind of falls out of your hand. Oh, well, if I make it, I make it. If I don't, I don't. We're all going to die someday anyway. What about your purpose that God placed on your life that only you can fulfill goes beyond this world? All right, we better stop. Stand up. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 